0: back to another actually. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Ben Standick here. Hope everybody's doing well. It's Thursday late night here on the East Coast. Uh, the uh, Washington football team is in the middle of a GM search. The Washington Wizards are in the middle of not playing basketball uh, because of the uh, they're dealing with COVID-19 protocols. So there's a lot going on with both of these teams. Uh, I know, well, there's a lot going on with both of these teams. Um, we're going to get into that. This is going to be more of a Wizards-focused podcast. I just spoke a few minutes ago with a couple of my a few of my friends who I normally would see at, at Wizards games, and we would talk after games, but unfortunately, obviously, the world is what the world is, and we're not, have, we're not able to do that uh, these days. Uh, but that is Chase Hughes with NBC Sports Washington, Neil DeLaw with Hoop District, and my friend Adam Rubin, who used to write for TruthAboutIt.net when that was the best Wizards blog around. Uh, we got into a bunch of Wizard stuff. What do we make of the state of the Wizards? Pot- you know, what do you do with Bradley Beal, the Russell Westbrook? Uh, you know how, What he's been up to and, and kind of when do we think this Wizards team is actually going to be worthy of postseason play? And uh, your answers may be surprised. Maybe uh, sad there. In any event, fun conversation there. We'll get to that in just a second. I do, of course, have to talk about the Washington football team, and I'll do that here in just a second uh, on the Standard Room Only podcast, which, of course, you can subscribe to on iTunes, Spotify, and all that good stuff. And, of course, follow me on The Athletic. Subscribe there. I've got a new article going to be up Friday morning, sort of my sort of putting a capper on the season. Some of the moments I thought were the most interesting. I, 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 I wouldn't say that they're like it's like a definitive ranking. I didn't even put on some of the more obvious things like the name change or beating Pittsburgh. I mentioned them, but I didn't like go into depth. It was some obvious things, some some stuff about Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith and Chase Young, and also a couple more subtle things that I thought were interesting. And anyway, hopefully, it's a good read. You can find that on the Athletic along with everything else I have had going on, including. Uh, Some thoughts on the GM search situation. Uh, I talked about this the other day on the podcast with Matt Paris from the Washington times about how it's going to be an outside hire from what I gather. And so far at this point, everything is pointing in that direction. Two more names to throw into the list today. So, so far, what do we know? We know that they interviewed today, Ryan Cowden, the Tennessee Titans vice president of player personnel. That was today. Uh, Martin Mayhew who has the same title with San Francisco, the former Detroit Lions GM who also played cornerback for the for the football for for, for Washington back uh, in their last Super Bowl appearance. Uh, he's going to be interviewed on Saturday. this is what I was told per sources. Um, today we have two more names to the official list of people uh, the team is checking out for the job. Nick Polk, the director of football operations for the Atlanta Falcons, I was told by a source, is uh, going to be interviewed. He's in uh, his 11th year as director of football ops for, for the Falcons. Well, I take it back. Uh, his 11th year is in 2018. They need to update their website. So I guess it's his 13th year. Uh, in any event, he's been with the organization for 18 years. Uh, I talked to a couple people around the league about it. Uh, you know, gather he's a really a really good uh good guy, great guy somebody told me. Um, you know, all that stuff. He has a wide range of experiences. He's been a coach on the on the lower college level. He had a lot to do with NFL Europe, including being director of operations for the 4 years he was there. He's got an interesting background and on some level his background almost seems to work in sort of the way I would imagine if Ron Rivera sort of wanted to have somebody while keeping the the, the current scouting department the way that it is, uh, Nick Polk's uh, role. I keep wanting to say Nick Folk, the kicker, right? Everybody wants to do this, right? Okay. Uh, but, um, you know, maybe this is almost kind of – it seems like maybe he makes some sense. If you want to keep the Kyle Smith uh, scouting department intact, this is somebody who has – Different experiences more on sort of the, um, I guess, sort of true, you know, management side, uh, contract proposals, negotiations, and salary cap. But of course, they also have um, Rob Rogers already who does a lot of that stuff. So don't know how that would work, but in terms of the scouting department, maybe that's something to consider. The other name added to the mix today, and this was reported by um, a couple of outlets, that Jojo Wooden, the director of player personnel. For the Chargers, would is going to be interviewed. I don't know when that is going to happen, um, but he used to be with the Jets. He's been in this industry for a bit. Um, I would be lying if I told you I knew too much about him. and I'll dig into that a bit more as we uh, go through this, but he's another name. So, th- so that brings us to four. So that's Ryan Cowden, Martin Mayhew, Nick Polk, and Jojo Wooden. As I believe I said the other day on the podcast, from what I gather, there's people around the league who think Martin Mayhew is the one to watch. Um, you know, uh, Ryan Cowden has has connections to Rivera dating back to Carolina. Uh, we have not heard yet fin- definitively if, Mar- if Marty Herney will be uh, interviewed or, or not. Rick Smith, former Texans GM, has been rumored to be in the mix. Same with Joe Sheen, the assistant GM in the, with Buffalo. Um, we'll see if, if they officially get in the mix or not but that we've got four at this point you know i I think it's gonna be interesting to see when it comes out uh you know when we learn about the role of this person if if you're somebody like a jojo wooden or a ryan cowden and you're you know sort of a younger guy director of player personnel you know i'm sure you want to be a gm one day right um but what and and maybe you get that title here but you know if Ron Rivera is still going to have you know clear control of the situation then you're not really getting that job you're just sort of having the title maybe that's enough for some guys maybe it's not whereas say hey, a Martin Mayhew you know he's had this role before uh you know he's been you know a- out of that role for a bit maybe for him it would be less of an issue i would imagine Marty Herney maybe uh maybe the same so It'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens until we definitively know the role. It's hard to project who it's going to be. Like I said, from what I've heard, Martin Mayhew seems to be somebody to keep an eye on, but more to go. Worth noting, uh, we've had now a couple of uh, hires since the, the Carolina Panthers hired Scott Fitterer, uh, one of uh, John Schneider's lieutenants with the Seattle Seahawks. The Denver Broncos have hired George Payton the former Minnesota Vikings exec to be their GM. Uh, These are two people I, I, you know, for those unfamiliar um, last couple years, I've done an NFL agent survey and asking agents for uh, anonymously to answer questions, all kinds of different topics. Among them, who's a GM to watch Uh, George Payton was tied for the, with the most votes last year. And uh, he just got a job. Scott Fitter and Ryan Cowden also received vote so take that for what it's worth uh so anyway interesting situation but once we get through this gm you know i I feel like with with the football team it's going to be fairly quiet i would think for a bit i mean you know maybe at some point we hear whether alex smith intends to play or not but beyond that you know there's a bit there's a bit of ways to go before we get to free agency in the draft i mean you know ron rivera said he does not anticipate coaching changes doesn't mean somebody else doesn't decide to, to bolt or to leave and then you'd have to replace them or things change. And if there is a GM change, or I'm sorry, if there is a GM addition, you know, that person may want to bring in his own staff. I mean, that's part of the question as to what, what does his role really mean? And if that were to happen, then that could lead to some different people as well. So keep all that in mind. Um, but again, go check out what I've been writing on the athletic, by the way, if I didn't say you can follow me on Twitter at Ben standing, hit me up there. With thoughts about uh, the football team and of course the Wizards, uh, I do want to get to one thing about the Wizards. Uh, and we, like I said, we're getting a plenty of topics here on the podcast. One thing we didn't get into is regards to Russell Westbrook's injury. Um, I talked this a little bit about this a little bit earlier with Fred Katz on his podcast Wizards After Dark. Which, if you if you want more of a consistent me on the Wizards, I'm pretty much going to be there on, on there like once a week during the season. It was twice a week this week. What well, we talked today, that podcast is already out. But I'll sort of just tell you what 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 kind of went on here with regards to to Russell Westbrook. There was a report out that Russell Westbrook suffered a quote major setback with his quad injury and was going to be out at least three to four weeks. Here, here's what I can tell you about that. What I've what I've heard from 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 a source that I think would would know things. Um, Russell Westbrook has not had a setback. Russell Westbrook is uh, out and we don't know how long he's going to be out you know he's he was out he he he's been out uh, the 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 announcement from the wizards that he would be out a bit came on the 11th it said he would be reevaluated in a week being reevaluated does not mean you're out a week it means we'll see so he easily could be out 2 weeks or who knows exactly how long right so the idea of being out 3 to 4 weeks seems a bit much but regardless it's not uh um you know, it's conceivable, but from what I was told, he has not had any kind of setback. He's out. Um, they, they anticipate, I was told that he'll be back at some point on this next road trip, which I believe runs from the 20th to the 27th. This is um, the currently, guess, as I said, the wizards are dealing with COVID protocols uh, for whatever that means. Exactly. It's to be determined, I guess, but in any event, uh, but on the assumption that their schedule moves forward, Westbrook could be back at some point now, if it's like the 27th, the last game of the trip, that would be about two and a half weeks, right. From when, from when he was out. So that idea of three to four weeks, uh, maybe, you know, has more meaning, but again, no setbacks. I was told take that for what it's worth, uh, for, for sure. So, uh, plenty to get to here on the podcast. Like I said, excited to talk to my group, um, I'll explain to you why I got this group specifically together in in that part of the interview but uh, we'll be back next week with more uh, on the football team at a minimum plenty to discuss as, as this GM situation ramps up but for now we'll go Wizards heavy here on the Standard Room mm-hmm. Only Podcast All right. As uh, we all know, the pandemic has absolutely wrecked social lives, at least for those who are, you know, adhering to the uh, uh, COVID-19 protocols of like, you know, not being around people, especially indoors, which means, uh, which has ruined plans. For me, that largely has meant when I finish working a game, you go out to have that uh, post-game drink and that doesn't happen. So seeing as how it's, it's uh, Friday night, it is Friday night, right? It is Friday night. And, uh, no, it's Thursday night. It's Thursday night. I have no idea. I have no idea. It's Thursday. Well, Thursday is a good night to go out for drinking. It doesn't matter. If you're covering a game every night, you go out hypothetically, responsibly, kids, and uh, decided that since the Wizards are in full swing, sort of, uh, I'm going to recreate the the post-game situation. So I called up the group or some of the group that would normally be out in about after games to talk about the local NBA team. So here with me we have uh, Mr. Uh, Chase Hughes from NBC Sports, uh, Mr. Neil DeLall from Hoop District, and what's the sports rabbi? Is that right? Yep. <laughs> and uh, the, the the mystery man. He used to write for Truthaboutit.net. Now he just uh, tweets uh, under the pseudonym Liddell's Place. He is uh, Adam Rubin. Gentlemen, welcome to see you. I didn't have actually ask. I, I the only requirement you had. I knew you would have wizards' takes. You had to have an adult beverage. I have the gin and tonic. I poured myself a way too big one, trying to figure out how to make. <laughs> it. So we're gonna. If, if I drink this whole thing, that's like the a podcast, triple. If I drink this whole thing during the podcast, we one of you is gonna have to edit this later. Um, but anyway, welcome to the uh, welcome to the to, to, to the program. Good to see everybody. How's how's everybody doing amid the uh, chaos of the world and the wizard season?
1: good all things considered obviously the it's been crazy time in the world crazy time to live in the dc area crazy time to cover the wizards and the nba uh but can't complain other than that uh a-
0: a- adam um
1: yeah.
0: how, uh, how 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 were things in um ex-blogger land
2: uh well it's a lot less hectic having to go listen to got Brooks press conferences and go home and slam my head against the wall so I I feel a little better about that aspect of it but um still following the team from afar
0: got it all right so we've got a lot to get to and Neil I'll 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 leave leave it off with you look there's I've talked about the Wizards some here on this podcast and there's a lot to get to and this week in particular there's plenty of going on in the sense of you've got the James Harden trade which does not directly affect the Wizards except for the fact that Bradley Beal was trending immediately afterwards because it now puts Bradley Beal front and center as the big player available that, or the people think would be available in a trade that a contender may want to get in a, in a, in a big deal. You've got the fact that the wizards, when I said they're in the swing of things, not exactly because they've now had what three games in a row or three upcoming games today. Or yeah, there was going to be one this week, then two more coming up that are postponed because of uh, uh, COVID-19 issues on their end. Uh, You've got Russell Westbrook, who's out. Uh, you've got oh they haven't been good this year Uh, there's a lot going on so we'll we'll just start with this give me your level of concern uh we'll we'll range it from one being no worries I'm not I'm not sweating at all to 10 being uh wait are they really uh are are they really playing Ron Baker instead of their first round picks what what level (laughs) of what level of concern one to ten are you at Neil?
3: They don't have Ron Baker this year to play above Troy Brown Jr. Although Troy Brown Jr. is getting played above. The level of concern has to be super high, like eight or nine easily. You know, they get off to a terrible two and eight start. Russell Westbrook supposedly has a mystery training camp injury that's now continued to ail him for the past five weeks. Like You lose Thomas Bryant, which is always tough. Now they're dealing with multiple positive tests from their players. It's not a lot going right besides
0: Bradley Beal looking like Bradley Beal. Uh, Chase, what, what, where are you on the one to 10 level of concern?
1: I think I'd go with a seven. I agree. It's pretty high, especially when you consider that Thomas Bryant was lost for the year. I mean, he's probably one of their top three or four players. Um, You know, he's, He's really turned into a really good offensive player, one of the more accurate three-point shooters at the five spot, uh, really efficient around the rim. Um, That's really devastating to lose him. Um, But I will say, I mean, there are some positive signs, like the fact that they are legitimately one of the best offenses in the NBA. It's just that they are certifiably the worst defense in the NBA. And it goes back to the offseason and how they said they were going to address the defense, and the way they did was with just – I think two minor of moves, you know, how Neto? Yeah. He shows up really well defensively, but you know, in a career where he's played 13, 14 minutes a game, Robin Lopez, um, is not the defender. He was a few years ago. Uh, so there's definitely some concerns. I still think that they have enough to make the playoffs. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely not the start that they envisioned. And, uh, I think, I think it might potentially require, uh you know some midseason moves to kind of get where they want to go and and you know Bradley Beal's been great uh but you wonder how much his patience is going to last as if they continue on this course um I really don't think they have to be that good to keep him happy like everyone's like oh you know they got to build a contender or else they have to trade him like a lot of these other stars I really think they just have to be like a 500 team and make the playoffs and that'll make him happy at least for this season but right now it doesn't look like they can even do that
0: Liddell, uh, where, well, where are you at? Did you find the, uh Yeah, anyway, what's your take on
2: all this, Liddell? That, this well, is what I, need to I, I look at it in the short term and the long term. So the short term, yes, everything that's happening is concerning, but I didn't have very high hopes for the team in the short team as it's constructed, any short term, as it's constructed. So I look long term. And long term is where I think there's the biggest problem with how Westbrook has shown, uh, you know, physically and – and the defense. So like, I I really don't see anything changing. And also I'll disagree with chase in terms of one they're they're nowhere near making the playoffs. We're not in a mid season move type of situation where we can sort of adjust and try to get into that seven to 10 play in. And I also think that wouldn't be sufficient to, I don't think they're going to get there, but I also don't think that's sufficient to make Beal stop, uh, you know, wandering wandering eyes around the league and seeing where, where other people are. I mean, I I think like where this season is headed, I don't think they're headed towards even being near the play in just because of defensively there's, there's nothing to, to change where they are. Thomas Bryant getting injured probably will help the defense because maybe they'll bring in some, I don't know, some defensive minded guy off the street, you know, Charles Jones 2.0, or maybe Charles Jones 6.0 since it was so long ago, but maybe something that'll help get them, focused on defense but I mean not enough to actually make a, a difference I don't think I, I don't know I see Beale just running out of steam and then running out of his you know getting the end of his wits with this team by the end of the year but,
0: but by the way I just want to say in addition to the drinks I now feels like we're back at the bar minus the uh the, the live singing because somebody just said they disagreed with Chase like that is, <laughs> that that is a staple of all uh, of all conversations uh for, for for sure. Um, I, I guess I would just say that somewhat similar to Liddell. Like, I mean, I thought that they had if, if everybody stayed healthy, yada yada yada, uh, that you know they would be in the seven to the you know the the play in mix of it if things went right. And obviously, you know, Beal's gone to even another level, and Thomas Bryant was looking good, and I understand Bertrand was obviously not right at the start of the year but you know but he's getting you know working himself back and and Denny uh it'll look really good and so on and so on but uh yeah I mean I also didn't have much faith in Scott Brooks that's been an ongoing case for about four years and um you know the Westbrook thing in the in the law in the long term is at this point frightening I said the other day on uh Fred Katz's uh Wizards After Dark podcast that I'm on basically every week at this point that uh That this feels like a very, maybe I said this even here too, I can't keep track, that this feels like an incredibly consequential week in recent history for the Wizards, because if Westbrook needs time, he clearly is off, something's wrong with him physically. If he needs a week, 10 days, whatever it is, to get himself going again, cool. I mean, look, it, it would suck in the short term in terms of the record, but that's fine if he comes back and it's, it takes a while and then he comes back and still doesn't have the explosion to get to the rim. And all of a sudden we're like, Oh no, <laughs> did Russell Westbrook get old overnight? Then inexplicably, the, we're well not sorry, It's not inexplicably. It is very so wizards that they would have made the situation was already bad worse. <laughs> and, and that is, I'm not saying we're there, but that that is the downside of what we're looking at. It's not just Ruby Hachimura out a couple weeks with pink eye. This is like wait we don't know is how bad is Westbrook so that's gonna be a um that that's gonna be a fascinating deal for, for for sure. Um, before we get into some other team stuff, I'm just curious. So, Chase and Neil are still actively on the beat. I'm sort of around. Liddell was somebody that was around a fair amount back in the day. None of us are actually in games in the real way. I mean, you guys are at the games uh, now, but like. You know, there's it's all it's all Zoom access. You're 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 in suites up on like the 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 main level there, watching the game. Um, how is the experience watching the games this year feel different, or are you just covering the team in general feel different? I know just having done the whole football season, the Zoom thing was not fun <laughs> all year, and by the end of the year, it was I was very ready to sort of be over with it. Uh, what, what's it been like, Chase, to sort of both watch the games in that environment without fans and also to have to cover a team with more or less no direct uh, uh, access?
1: I actually haven't been to the games this year. Oh, uh, I didn't re- oh you uh, haven't? M- NBC won't let me. Um, I've got uh, an infant daughter, and I think that's part of why they don't, just don't want to risk it. And plus, you know, when you go, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's an advi- – like Neil has gone to the games, and I'm sure there's an advantage to being there and seeing and hearing some of the things that you see – but a lot of it, you know, still takes place on Zoom. Um, so that's been an adjustment. Now, uh, you know, and I don't know how much listeners or fans care about it, but it's definitely adjusted our access. You know, there's no, really not as many opportunities for one-on-ones anymore, and there's a lot more people on the zooms, and you just don't get as many questions and the whole interaction between the players. There's something lost, uh, certainly, from not having the in-person interaction. Things can. Uh, just get misinterpreted. And it's tough to get good answers out of players. So I've been watching just the games on TV. And, um, you know, certainly it's made parts of my life easier. But, um, you know, you definitely feel it with the access because, uh, as you guys know, going out to Southeast DC and going to Wizards practice, there's only about like four or five people on this planet who who actually do that. And when you're out there, you get access because of that, because you're willing to drive out there and you know, it's your job and you can talk to players. Now there might be a hundred people on a Zoom and all types of national media reporters can kind of swoop in and ask questions, sometimes ask a ton of questions and just kind of like box you out just because they're called on. So it's a completely different dynamic and it's really adjusted the calculus I think in terms of how you separate yourself from other reporters. But uh, Neil, I'd actually be interested to hear what the experience is like actually being at those games.
3: Yeah, for sure. So I went to not the home opener, but then the three home games after that. And then now NBA is throwing a fit because they think I'm covering for multiple outlets. And that's a violation of my (laughs) credentials. But really, that's a Yeah, it's to me, it's a it's crap. That's that's called a
1: Ben standing, actually.
3: (laughs) That 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 is true. That that, That is true.
0: that, That was my existence for about a
3: decade. (laughs) but um like ben said you know we're in suites the you know how they have for all their private business partners so you're what 100 200 feet away you're essentially at the top of you know the 100 sections they keep you only on the side away from the bench side of the court um like you're essentially watching the game whatever 45 seconds in advance of everybody else you can hear a lot of the stuff but Capital One Arena is one of the dumb places that are just playing like background crap. And so you don't hear a ton, but you know, it's nice to just watch a basketball game. Sometimes a little bit of normalcy during all of this chaos, but definitely to second what Chase said, like the zoom stuff is crap. Now you get national media people who are asking the same exact questions that have been asked for the past two weeks. And Brooks is going to give the same long-winded three-minute answer that has nothing to do with no new information um very grunfeldian of him lately it seems but
0: you know hopefully we we get back to normal next season um yeah no that's interesting uh like for for us on the football side like there was a lot of us asking questions all year on the zooms that we had like four times a week with Rivera, but it was like 10 or 15 of us there at all times like the local media obviously more local media covers the football team than the uh than the Wizards not to mention there's like some outlets like three two to three people per outlet and we did the national people would show up here and there like when Dwayne Haskins got benched or got cut but not like w- w- with too much regularity so uh we got to do whatever we needed to do for the most part but um yeah I was on the other day with with you guys and um I, I had my hand up in the zoom and that before they got to me they went to Rachel Nichols which is t- totally understandable but at the same point I, I from you for you for where you guys are I, I actually feel bad when i ask questions cuz i'm like ah, i don't want to get in your guys way uh, but
1: you know well and like people people like Rachel Nichols are obviously great but they they would usually have to fly in to ask those questions right. you know? <laughs> like now just anyone i mean and it's not just national media types it's it's just kind of random people um sometimes oh, international yeah. media i mean sometimes you'll get on there there'll be 100 people
3: there are yeah. definitely people who have asked more Zoom questions to players this year than they probably have in and in, in their entire career previously, just because they've never been to a game before, but now have this snap of the finger access to players.
0: Yeah, no, the, the Zoom is definitely a game changer. I mean, look, to be honest, like the I, I wouldn't be going to games right now for uh, a variety of reasons. One, my season just ended, and two, I, I need the mental rest. But... I can I can easily pop on the on the post game Zoom. I'm just sitting there watching the game, and it's easy to do it. So I totally get that and get the uh, get the uh, frustration. Um, all right, now it's not so simple to just simply say what are the wizard, what do the wizards need to do to to turn things around. Now let's put aside. We don't know what's going to go on here with this uh, COVID situation. How long it's going to be for? At the moment, like I said, they, they, they have three games. They're going to postpone at some point. Presumably, they they, they will play so far though, right? uh well you i may be wrong i thought there were three canceled no
3: so the jazz game at home on wednesday pistons game on the road were, would have been friday night and then they have the back-to-back <laughs> against cleveland sunday and monday that's still tbd right now
1: which looks pretty crap, questionable i think anyone could deduce. Right, okay. for sure uh, yeah. uh,
0: well I, 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 I could run out. i thought i saw somebody say three but I, I'm, like i said you guys are paying more attention to me than i either way at some point they'll They'll get back on the court, whether Russell Westbrook will be back by then or not. I don't know. I was told he'll be back at some point during the road trip, but uh, the road trip goes on for a while, so I don't know what that what that means exactly. Uh, that said, I guess, Liddell, like you're watching the games from an undisclosed location. Uh, I know like I shouldn't go to you first because you're of, of the group is definitely the, the most pessimistic, but with some justification, I would say, is there anything that you look at right now and think to yourself? Here, here's what they need to do to turn this around, or are you like, you know what? Turn around, turn around.
2: Here's what they need to do
0: just to move forward, regardless of this season. What's your, what's the one fix you're making right now, if you could?
2: Well, I mean, I focus on the positives. I like Denny. I, I get, I say, okay, this season we're gonna let's try to develop him. Let's not play him 14 minutes. I mean, you know, can do it a couple times, but let's use this as a, a teaching moment for him and, and get him in the game, you know, get like Garrison Matthews in the game and, and you know, start working on on rotations and seeing who you might want to have around after this year. I mean, Troy Brown is interesting because he's not playing. You don't know whether that's, well, you assume that's Scott Brooks' decision. He's in a, you know, lame duck season, but I don't know if Tommy Shepard needs to talk to, to Scott Brooks and say, okay, we're, we're in player development a player evaluation mode. So you've got to help me out and let's figure out how, how best to work out these rotations. It sounds like Ernie never did that. Uh, I don't know whether Tommy is that type of person, but that's how I would say to, to use it positively to say, okay, let's, let's figure out how best we can use this season to, to help us out going forward. I would focus on, I'd focus on Denny. I would focus all of my attention on making sure Denny can somehow take the skills he has and be successful here, unlike pretty much every other prospect that's come here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been, uh, I have not watched every game, uh, but I mean, what I've seen of Danny, I've been really impressed, not just because I'm a fellow bar mitzvah boy, uh, but that doesn't hurt. Uh, but um, God, he's good. He's, he's the opposite of why he's, he's everything what Kelly Oubre wasn't. He actually understands how to play basketball and, 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 uh, you know, you could, it is like a good comparison to ask people what they thought of Oubre versus Denny. And depending on what they answer, you will know how they view the world of basketball. Good or bad, because one knows how to play and the other one can't make any shots with Golden State. But that's not why I, I'm
1: criticizing you. Instagram accounts are very similar, though I will say.
0: Well, you know, you could be you could be goofy and flashy, but when you're on the court, do you know do you have substance or is it just a lot of sizzle?
1: Uh, bo- they, they both are top ten in the league in thirst traps.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure Danny does quite fine uh, <laughs> wherever he is. Uh, actually, let me. Since, since we're on the topic of Denny, I brought this up to Liddell as a potential topic and, uh, earlier, and, I'll, bring, and I'll, I'll just go with it now. So, there's, a, there's been talk about expansion, uh, the NBA expanding for a variety of reasons. One, just, you know, why not? Oh. But basically, because if the owners are losing money um, because of COVID, one way to get some recoup some back short term is uh, expansion fees. That's a whole other topic of whether they should or shouldn't, but it's conceivable. You could add Las Vegas, you could add Seattle, maybe somewhere else, or, you know, two teams somewhere. So let's just play this hypothetical game. When you do an ex- when you have expansion teams that you're there for an expansion draft, you're allowed to b- protect certain players. I don't remember the exact number. It's more it's it's a decent amount of players. But just for the fun of this game, imagine you can only protect two players on the Wizards. Okay, Ooh. two two players. Now you and, and you're factoring in everything: the salary, their age, whatever it is, because the salary goes away with the the, the the player so if i tell you, you can only protect two players Neil, i'll start with you as you take a swig well I feel, I, by the way I, you, I feel you bad, have to... wait wait hold on i feel bad that i didn't card neil is that is that gonna get me in trouble here on the podcast chase or are we good
3: <laughs> okay hey. the connecticut fake idea still in tip-top condition
1: so <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell
3: the authorities of age though now neil i don't want to get in trouble here on the podcast what,
1: what was the name on there
3: no, it's my name because otherwise you can get charged with identity theft, and you don't want oh, that. Oh,
1: well. okay.
0: Wow, that that that's a thinking man, uh, uh, derelict. All right, Neil Lovin so, was the name. <laughs> all right, so you can only protect two people.
1: So is I'll, Bradley I'll... Beal
3: happy or not in Washington D.C.? You have to, you have to put that the, up. We well, have
1: to protect him because you can trade him. The whatever it is, the or can you trade a... him
0: before the draft and then just not have to the, protect him? The, the draft is tomorrow. You have to protect two people. Who, based on everything we know currently, who are you protecting, Neil? Two people.
3: So then I'm trading Bradley Buell before the draft and protecting Denny and Rui. Okay, that's a terrible
1: answer. Case? <laughs> Brad and Rui. Uh, I mean, it's, I think it's a pretty tough decision between Rui and Denny, but Rui's is just more established, and, I, and I, I'm seeing more of an upward trajectory than I thought year over year so far, so I would go with him.
0: Uh, L- L- Liddell, just to make sure we round out the, the names of I've, potential candidates, you, you got you got Beale, you got Rui Hachimori, you got Danny Avdia, but you also have you know uh, Bo Wagner, you got Russell Westbrook, Anze Kopacius, Troy, Troy Brown, yeah. Jerome Robinson. I mean, basically everybody I just said was a uh, a, a, a recent or former first round pick. Uh, you know, Isak so, Bonga, uh, not a first round pick, but sure, Isak Banga. I mean, uh, any any uh, you know any of these people who you got Lidell name two people
2: but I appreciate you trying to make some suspense but I, I think I telegraphed that it would be uh, it would be Denny and Beale and I would celebrate if any other player on the team was selected from the unprotected group uh, <laughs> especially Mo Wagner
0: <laughs> Lidell not a fan of Mo Wagner and Liddell's not a not an Ohio State person either just to be clear um, yeah. I mean, I, I would, I mean, yeah, basically the point is if I said three, then everybody would just more or less pick Hachimore and Denny as the other two. And that would be the point. And like, yeah, I mean, for me, I would go with, with, with Denny. I know Rui Hachimore has had some interesting moments, but I'm still a year plus into his career. I'm not, you know, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not saying it's over by any strategy am not saying I'm done with him or any, whatever, but I'm like, eh, I don't know. But whereas, like Denny, like just based on what I've seen so far, you know, he could be, um, if you put him on a team with better players, I think he would even be. I think his what his what he can do would, would would fit in nicely. He just really knows how to play, and I really have been in, 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 impressed. Um, again, I keep forgetting hey, what I
1: say on what. Oh, go ahead, ben, ben. Real quick, can I be a devil's advocate slash jerk slash I don't know what you want to call me for a second here absolutely
2: that's why you're on the podcast that's, that's, exactly this is why you're Be, here go ahead
1: Be, D- Danny Evdia has been impressive and I, I I think he's done a lot of things that I didn't think he could do at this age but at what point are Wizards fans going to realize that Tyrese Halliburton was picked 12th well oh.
2: no no
0: look I mean, that's a that's a good that that's a good that's a good point and that's a different conversation for sure just like last year if they had taken the other Gonzaga player that uh Brandon, Brandon Clark, Clark looks like I mean I you know how it happens over five years, I don't know. But right now, the other Gonzaga player has done well. So uh, that that's a question for sure. I will say this, and I was going to mention sort of, you know, kind of where we are with Tommy Shepard right now. Again, I can never remember if I say things on my, pod, on my podcast, Fred's podcast, talking to my cat. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but I was, like, saying that, like, you know, we talk a lot about what's going to happen with Scott Brooks, with, with his future, and – you know, there is a question, of course, with Tommy Shepard. I believe his, he signed originally a two-year contract, as, as I think we're at. We're not, not 100% sure. They're, they're kind of quiet about the, the GM contracts in these parts. But either way, I feel like he's going to get a pass on the Russell Westbrook, whatever happens, because Ted Leons has had to have signed off on that um, mm-hmm. in order to have traded John Wall. And, you know, I presume they didn't recognize he was hurt, but whatever. But the draft picks are where I assume it's Tommy Shepard's call. And I know he liked Troy Brown. That is apparently at the moment not working out, or at least it's not working under this coach. Rui Hachimura, okay. I'm not saying it's a a mess, but whatever. Whereas like Denny, I feel like we're already seeing enough to think that that's looking pretty reasonable, even though, yes, you're right. We can question the Tyrese Halliburton part. But at the same time, it feels like Rui Hachimura, he needs to show by the end of this year that he's a legitimate NBA power forward. If not, then you'd have to look at Brooks and be like, or look at Tom and be like, uh the one thing I'm sort of focusing on with you is the draft. And now, not only did you, like you said, not take Tyrese Halliburton, but, oh, sorry, that's for Denny, but then you, um, you know, Rui, I don't know. So uh, I I think Rui is a very important piece for these guys right now.
1: I mean, I I would, I I think Rui's going to be good, man. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be an all-star, but the trajectory that I'm seeing is becoming a better passer. And, uh, you know, I, I I didn't expect the volume to go up this year. I just wanted to see him be more efficient. And it's only been a handful of games, obviously, because he started the, the season injured. And so far, he's been a little bit more efficient. Now, uh, the three point shooting looked good in the first game hasn't looked very good since the defense is still a question. He's not a great rebounder. But I think he's going to have a long career and be a, a, a more efficient scorer than we saw as a rookie. So I think if you pick a guy like that ninth overall, then that's, that's fine. And I don't think there's anyone who's picked like right behind him that uh, is making that pick look dumb. Um, now, the current draft, there was a lot of criticism going in, people saying it wasn't a very good draft because there wasn't, uh, you know, the Zion Williamson or John Morant at the top but it's proven to be pretty deep. And it actually, in hindsight, the wizards were in a really good spot night and they had many options. Precious Achua, I think would have been a good pick. Devin Vassell, I think would have been good. And Tyrese Halliburton right now looks like he's going to be first team all, all rookie, if not rookie of the year. I and, thought you were going to,
0: I thought you were going to accidentally say first ballot hall of fame. Cause every time I hear <laughs> talk hear about him, it feels like that's what people
1: think. I mean, I, I was really impressed with that. I, I thought he was the top five prospects in the draft. And I, On my board, whatever you want to call it, I I had Denny probably like as the the sixth, seventh, eighth range. I I would have if they were going to go best player available. I think Halliburton was the better prospect personally. Achua was the best fit. Denny made a lot of sense, and he was their their top rated prospect. That's fine, and I think he's he's been good, man. And he's he's young, um, and he can make threes. And you know, he didn't make threes in the Euro League, and he's he might already be their best defender or one of their best defenders. So I think the, the future is really bright, but um, yeah, I would just say that the wizards in hindsight were in a really good spot where they could have gone three or four different directions and, and really not gone wrong.
3: So you're okay with them with the Charlotte uh, sneaking their spot and getting the number three in their lottery <laughs> now,
1: huh? Well, you know, I always like to play into the so wizards conspiracy theories and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I will, yeah, that, that should have been their pick. I think number three, overall LaMelo ball
3: could have been i don't think they would have picked
1: Lamelo, but yeah i think they should have had the third overall pick
3: really hold on hold on if they had the third pick you don't think they would have taken Lamelo?
1: you know that i i don't know he he did seem like he was the best player on the board but given their positions and what they already had i mean sure
3: but that's the same reason wouldn't have the same opportunity that's the same reason you don't take halliburton though right
1: Oh Halliburton was the most versatile player in the draft. He he he'd be their starting three yeah. right
3: now. Okay, no Fair question.
2: Enough. He's playing alongside Darian Fox, and he right. yeah he he's, he's, he's just, yeah he does everything.
1: He's a one two slash three.
2: But Chase, sure. do you have concerns? I mean, the, my concern with Rui it's not so much his fault, but it's his fit on the team and the way it's constructed. Having him as a power forward, alongside I know Bryant's injured now, but having Bertans, Rui, Thomas Bryant as your front court rotation you know, defensively and rebounding, it just feels like that's one reason why, you know, in the, in the Denny versus Rui, I, I like Denny's fit better. But what are your thoughts in terms of how can Rui be a, a starting power forward without getting, you know, a, a lot better defensively on this team?
1: No, I, I agree. He, he is not – I don't think he's ever going to be a complete player. And the thing that they're going to have to do is find a center that can fill in the gaps around him. Someone who can ideally stretch the floor, rebound, some combination of stretching the floor, rebounding, and blocking shots. Most importantly, rebounding and blocking shots. And they don't have that on the that roster. Sounds like,
2: that sounds like JaVale McGee to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, Cleveland's got a lot of centers.
2: Fine three-time three-time
1: <laughs> NBA champion, Javel McGee. No, but I mean, you know, when they were on the board, Achua, Jalen Smith, those are the types of guys that I think if if you bring in someone like that, and I like to Achua better than Jalen Smith, but if, if you bring in someone like that, then – it's going to be much better for Rui's career and being able to make him more compatible for your team because he's got some pretty glaring weaknesses. And when you put a guy like Thomas Bryant next to him, those weaknesses are magnified. I, I agree with you there.
2: Yeah, that's that's where a Jared Allen would have slotted in nicely.
3: Whoa, the Andrew Nicholson tough. Boyan Bogdanovich that's, special. I was going to say, I, I, or
1: was, Nerland's Well, I mean,
3: they had options right, free
1: agency yeah. too. Even well, that I, was our
2: that was the pick of Washington. You yeah. know. Yeah, Allen the, Even I who bring yeah, it, oh yeah, for,
0: for sure. Even I who bring that stuff up all the time. At some point, I'm I may have to put a moratorium on uh, <laughs> that 2016, that summer of 2016. Uh, although I told you guys, I, I actually in, in an in an article that'll be up in the morning about the Washington football team, I dropped in a Yan Mahimi Andrew Nicholson reference to talk about <laughs> agency. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to uh, li, live by that uh, moratorium if I if I, uh, if I if I if I go there. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I think the bigger question with the Wizards is, is that ultimately, what are they building for? Like, even like, let's just say Westbrook comes back and he's fine, and let's just say all the young players progress to some degree. Ideally, obviously, we've already lost Thomas Bryant. There's nothing you can do about that. What, 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 what are they, what are they going towards? Like, what's the upside here? The upside with this group is the seven seed. I think I said the six seed at one point before the season and Lodell yelled at me, but like, you know, (laughs) that's what uh, I thought they would be. I thought
1: they were going to be a six or seven seed. I didn't
0: think they would be that. I'm just saying if everything went great, Westbrook and Beal are both playing at all NBA level. Hachimura took a leap, so on and so on. But okay. But I'm just saying like, it's not like at least when the the previous iteration, the, the, the Beal, Wall, Gortat, Otto Porter, and so on, like that one, I'm not saying it had one seed upside. But there was like, hey, especially that, you know, the, the, the year of that 2016-17 season, hey, they could go toe-to-toe with Cleveland. I'm not saying they would beat LeBron, but, um, you know, the, the, they weren't afraid. There was at least reason to be optimistic. I don't think we're there anymore. The, the version of Westbrook, oh, the wall, is now portrayed by a 32-year-old who is, again, current uh, view of him aside – you know, is still a very good player, but he's not ascending by any stretch anymore. So I don't even know what they're at. And I know this is part of my issue with the Wizards overall. It's just everything is reactive and short-term. And go again, I just said we should talk about that summer, but it's all stemming from the summer of 2016. They ever, so many things from that point, they're still to some degree reacting to. They traded away the first round pick to get rid of Andrew Nicholson. Uh, that, you know, the... the um, they trade for Bogdanovich, who they don't keep in part because they never got to pay out a porter who they pay, who then costs them too much money so that the, it was a year or so later when John Wall gets hurt and they're above the above the luxury tax. Ted Leones is mm-hmm. like, well, we want to get out so they just trade out a porter away for nothing and we just keep going through this cycle with them where it's just one thing after another and nothing, nothing goes forward. And even if well, I want to get into the Beal part of this in a second with the, with the trade, even if you trade Beal for whatever package you think they can get. You still have Russell Westbrook. You just gave Bertans $80 million. They gave Bertans, by the way, the fifth year in part because I imagine they were panicked of losing him for nothing. So they did what they did. They overreact, I think, to giving him the fifth year. $80 million in five years is a lot of money for a guy who – how good is Bertans? I mean, I know he had a really good year last year, but he was like nobody prior to the trade with the Wizards. They, there were only three players in the NBA – Liddell and I have talked about this – Three players in the NBA this offseason who got a five-year deal: Anthony Davis, uh, who was the other one, somebody else good, and Birdtan.
2: Department of Education.
0: Yeah, I forgot. So, somebody else. Somebody else. of no got a five-year deal and and Bertans. So like this is what they do, and like I, I just don't feel like it's was it Gordon Hayward no i'll look it up in
2: a second what did paul george get paul george get the
0: that wasn't that was that wasn't that. uh i said this on some other podcast somebody somebody will tell me but anyway the point is like 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 what like what what's the upside like where where is this thing going i mean i've already said previously and i don't want to get chase in trouble here while while i'm on a podcast but like you know i think for ted leontis making the playoffs is the goal whatever happens beyond that is different now it's different this year because of the pandemic and the money and all that but like in general, making the playoffs is the goal. If they accidentally win beyond that, that's great. But you know, we're, that's not the purpose. That fans don't care about that stuff. And so, like, we all talk about this stuff. It's like, where are the, where are things going? So all this does come back to the Beal. To what do you do with Bradley Beal? He's been killing it this year. Uh, I I think it's an absolute crime that we even have to debate what to do with him because he's everything you wanted from a guy who was picked third. He's been. You know whether he's been all NBA or not, he's been an all NBA player. He's even better now. He gets better every year. The 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 skills in his game that he has now weren't there necessarily a year, two, three years ago. Certainly not when he entered the league. By every measure we know, he seems to be a pretty upstanding guy. The players respond to him. You know, yes, we can quibble about this and that, but you can do that with every player. By and large, he's really good. And the only reason we have to discuss whether they should get rid of him is because they've screwed up so much around him. So all that said. I know it was a big topic all year, but now it's a bigger topic now because of the James Harden trade where, you know, in a nutshell, I don't have it in front of me, but basically Houston Rockets got a lot of stuff. They got four first-round picks, four pick swaps, although really three because the one this year is not going to be a thing for, for the for the Nets and, and Houston. Uh, they got, when it was all said and done, they got Victor Oladipo, Dante Axum, and how do you say the other guy's name? Kukus Kukus What's the guy's name? Uh, oh, whatever. Rodneyus. Kirkus or whatever. Yeah, Kirkus. Yeah, he's he's a decent player. So they got all that stuff for Beal. And I was talking with Fred for Harden
1: for, for James <laughs> Harden.
0: And I was talking the other day. I was talking earlier today with Fred about this. And I was like, if the Wizards got offered this exact package, would I make the trade? And I was like, eh, I mean, I guess if you just want to roll the dice, if the Nets fall apart, that all these guys eventually leave sooner than late. Like after two years, I think all three James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie could leave. That maybe they bottom out, and you kind of get lucky like that I, I guess you can roll the dice but I don't know like I mean but even if you do that like what what are you doing just like what do you do what does that do for the Wizards other than just kick the can down the road without any real plan and you're just kind of waiting by the way Russell Westbrook would still be here so it's not like you're going to bottom out for a good top two pick per se so I don't know uh, Neil I'll go to you what I don't know what 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 are you doing with Beal right now do you want to trade him do you want to keep him what do you want to do yeah so from a Ted Leonsis perspective real quick, you know,
3: he obviously has to make the decision of should he ever come to the decision that, okay, yes, we're moving on. Do you let Tommy Shepard do that this season? If you're not having Tommy Shepard come back next season, do you wait until the summer and somebody else make that move? You know, I think, like you said, you know, four first round picks, four pick swaps, that all looks really good. But then at the end of the day, do you think any of those four first round picks are ever going to be better than a Bradley Beal? Um, Brad doesn't seem like the type of guy that would, you know, one out and force his way out of a place. Um, you know, maybe he would take the Oladipo approach. Supposedly Oladipo has just been quietly you know, maneuvering his way out. Beal obviously wants to win. And sooner or later, he's going to get sick and tired of the Wizards not doing that. So you have to move him. But what's out there? Like, if you're, if you're talking to Miami, like, you have to get back, what, Hero, Duncan Robinson? and picks that would be probably one of the more attractive places to me but you know who knows if Miami's even gonna I don't know people seem to think Robinson might be not a uh, tradable
2: even untouchable for Miami you're saying who they they wouldn't right
3: play. like I feel like people haven't put him in trade talks and I've seen people and obviously again Twitter trade rumors are terrible and that's, I think, the hard and trade underscores that. People are like, oh, two first-round picks and a crap player. It's like, no, that's not going to get Beal.
0: But we'll see. Well, that's the thing, right? And by the way, Chase, I think you're on mute. Uh, the uh, – the, uh, the, the, like, that's the question, like, with Houston, right? They could have – pairs could have had Ben Simmons. I don't know what the exact package would have been. They could have had Ben Simmons. He's already an all-NBA player, a very good player. Uh, he mm-hmm. makes a lot of money. He'll make more money. Uh, but very good, still young you know, I, you know, I, I never liked the, hit the, him and John Wall, but that's not really the point. The point would be you'd have an established player versus now. old depot's on an expiring contract. The other two players are not that relevant, and you have a bunch of picks and swaps that you'll see what happens, and that's kind of where, like, you know, with, with the Wizards, like... And you're you in the try. West. <laughs> right, right. I mean, if you trade Bradley Beal, I get it. The It, it makes sense at some point if you think he's going to press to get out, or in two years, you know, whenever his contract ends, he says... You know I, I, it's, it's been real i'm leaving i get right three years but like whatever i'm just saying the point is that get i get that um and by the way the long the the the, the further out you make a deal the more in theory you're going to get back the longer you wait less you're gonna you're gonna get um but to what end like i mean what like i like i said i don't care about the idea of like uh, ted leonis's finances but i'm just saying like what like what does that even do for you at this point okay i mean uh you know this, especially with the new lottery system, Liddell. I mean, it's not like it's like you're guaranteed to uh, get a top three pick. You're kind of at the whim of the you know the randomness now to boot. So like I, I'm. If somebody offers you the Harden offer or you know some version of that, I guess it'll be hard to not turn down. By the way, if Golden State says James Wiseman's up, I will. Uh, I will very. I will listen. Beyond that,
2: <laughs> I don't know. Well, I would, in these type of trades, I mean, I would want to get either a young guy who is very ascending, you know, not a Duncan Robinson, or a top five pick. And, like, I don't think Houston got that. And when I say young player, I mean, Old Depot's good. I mean, somebody who's under contract for several years. So, I mean, I would just, that would be my baseline. You've got to give me a young guy who we think could develop, who's under contract for a couple of years on a cheap contract, or, you know, he could be paid as long as he's under contract, and or a top pick. I don't want these late first round potential first round picks because Washington will be giving up Beal under contract for two years. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge thing. The, the recipient is getting a player who's under contract. So I would want a lot for Beal. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to tell I mean, You really have to have a conversation with him. I, you, we, we don't really get a sense of what Beal's. All we hear is repeated over and over. Beal just wants to win. Okay. You tell me that. They're not winning, me personally. Right. I don't think they're going to start winning next year as, as, as Westbrook gets older and older. And I, I don't see this being a, a team that's constructed, especially with Beal's money, Westbrook's money, and Bertan's money. Uh, how, how are they constructing a, a team that can win? So if you tell me all he wants to do is win, all I hear is, well, then he's going to want to leave in a couple of years. So that's why I look to, to explore options, especially because these are some pretty big, big deals. And I feel Beal, even more so than Harden, can slide into a contending team and help them out. I feel with you know Harden it's more of you have to reconstruct your entire team if you bring him in. So I understand Brooklyn getting him because they're saying, oh he's a third piece with Kyrie and Durant they'll try to make it work. But if I'm Miami, I kinda like Beal alongside Jimmy Butler than Harden, like I I don't you know, I feel like Harden would require too much oxygen and and you know might not fit in as well with 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 Butler, whereas you know, Beal seems like he could fit in, in a lot of different places and and there should be a team out there that that wants him. But to Neil's point, I also think that if they're not going to keep Tommy, having Beal at the end of the season is a nice piece to, to attract a GM to say, Hey, come in here and you're gonna have this opportunity to rebuild a team with a great, you know, trade chip where you want you can keep them if you want, but if not, you know, it, it's a it seems like to me that would be exciting as a GM to come in and remake the team. Uh so is gonna trade ship. Do-
3: Masai Ujiri is going to do the reverse Kawhi Leonard trade.
2: I mean, it's 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 a. I think it would be it would make the Washington position a lot more attractive than four first round picks, some picks swaps, and Westbrook under contract for forty five million for the next three years, playing not playing back to back.
0: I I agree. Like I mean, I it's hard for me to get ex- like I mean not to go all the way back to the Westbrook and Wall trade before it happened. My basic take was, I think you probably have to get rid of Wall. I have no idea how you do it. Honestly, I would rather them not get Westbrook cause I think you're just kicking the pain down the road, but okay. It, you know, in the short term, maybe it's a win. And then when the trade unfolded, I thought it was a win uh, uh, bar, you know, until he, still, until he wasn't uh, close to hundred percent, um, but, but, but yeah, to what end? I mean, that was my whole thing before. Like if, if you kept and get rid of Beal, what is that doing for anybody? So yeah, there, I mean, this is the problem with the wizards. It's just, it's just, it, it just, they can't there's not there's almost nothing they can do and like I said somehow if Westbrook has actually hurt they've unbelievably made themselves even worse but Beal is the one attractive piece that makes me think right I what am I getting rid of him for for a bunch of first round picks but Chase I'll, I'll let you close up this topic
1: well first of all I, I agree with you I thought the the Westbrook trade was a win at the time especially when I saw how protected the first round pick was and I think it ultimately will prove to be still I mean Westbrook ha- is injured, and that's concerning, but it's not a ligament or a tendon. It's not something structural. It's a, it's a thigh bruise at this point, a quadriceps bruise, so we'll see. John Wall, you, you don't trade him away because you don't think he's good in the short term. I could have told you he was going to look good when he came out. Um, mm-hmm. It's about long term with a guy who, by the way, didn't start this two-year absence with an Achilles tendon surgery. He was already recovering from another surgery when he fell on his house and ruptured his Achilles, and he's had multiple surgeries on both knees. It's it, it's a really risky proposition to bank on him long-term with the money that he's owed. And Not that it isn't risky with Russell Westbrook, but Bradley Beal, I, I think the trade uh, framework that would have to be presented would have to look close to what uh, the Thunder got for Paul George. And Paul George is a better player, I think, still than Bradley Beal. Paul George is a better defender. He's a better shooter than Bradley Beal. If you look at Bra- if Paul George's numbers the last four years, he's like almost nine attempts a game at over 40% from three. Bradley Beal's percentages have dipped from three. Um, but the framework of it makes sense to me. You get a bunch of first-round picks, and the Danilo Gallinari, obviously that was a, a piece that maybe would be the separator between Beal and then you know, trading for a player who's better like Paul George. But the Shea Gildas Alexander, the fact that you got first round picks and a guy who had already proven himself for a year in the NBA and in my estimation, looked like a future all-star right away, you know, a late lottery pick who was clearly a steal. That's the type of thing that I think you look for. You you take your chances with the first round picks, but you get something assured in a young player who's on a rookie contract who looks like he's going to be an all-star. That's the framework I would look at, because if the Wizards only trade Bradley Beal for picks, they they're just not a franchise that I would associate with good luck in general. And even when you get lucky in the lottery, it's still a crapshoot. And it's it's seemingly, like you said, with the lottery odds, more than a crapshoot that has ever been. Um, And all these guys are coming out at 19 years old. You just have no idea. And I wouldn't want to trade Bradley Beal in five years, look back and realize that I got nothing. So I would want at least a shade Gilgis Alexander like player and multiple first round picks. And I think you could find that if you're, if you're patient and you wait and I agree Uh, the Brooklyn Houston trade, when it first came out and, and everyone was like, Oh yeah, you know, Houston's getting Karis Levert and Jared Allen. And then you find out they're trading Levert for Oladipo who's on a shorter deal. He's a better player you know, but on a shorter deal and they didn't get Jared Allen. It's like, okay. All right. Sure. Um, that's, that's okay. I mean, you know, in terms of quantity, you got a lot, but in terms of quality, I mean, now if you, I don't know if you guys saw the reports, I just saw a screenshot of the article. I think it might've been from Shams and the athletic, but like the, the pick swaps, there's pick swaps in there that are like tied to the thunder. And there's like a tiered system of like, who has the best pick swap in a lot of those picks. Houston's like third out of four teams. So they really didn't get that much for a guy who's legitimately arguably like a top five scorer of all time. Right. I mean, he's won the, the scoring title last three years. He's a horrible defensive player and I don't know if I'd want him right now, given all the crazy stuff he just did, but to just get that for him. And, and I, I think is uh, that they, they sold low on a guy who they probably should have traded at least a couple of weeks ago.
0: Um lodell L- 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 threw out a hypothetical trade to me earlier. Do you think if the Wizards had offered Houston Beal and Westbrook for Harden, that Houston would have accepted?
1: Well, the money wouldn't match that, right? Whoa, well, whoa. If you, yeah, right if you,
2: use some third teams to, to, to make a money match. But.
1: You know, if I were the Wizards, I think I would have done that. Be, just because they haven't won 50 games since the 70s, and, be, so, and those, you, so,
0: the, so the Wizards have James Harden and like and shooters, and a bunch of 23 year olds.
1: Well,
0: a, I guess it's Bur- no different than where they're at now. Assuming the well, except that well, assuming Westbrook is not right, but
1: don't, don't you think? All right, this is this would have happened before Thomas oh, Bryant God. got I hurt. Think we're going down this path here. <laughs> so, so you have Thomas Bryant, Garrison Matthews, Davis Bertans. Rui Hachimura, and, and you're surrounding uh, James Harden with those guys in the Eastern Conference, I think you have the best season you've had since the 70s, potentially. Uh, this is all within the context of the Wizards. Since the 70s? Oh, Percentage-wise.
2: Okay. We're – We're – We're 79.
1: Yeah. Th- this team hasn't yeah. even won yeah. 50 games since the 70s. Come yeah, on.
2: Yeah. No, I know. So I am you. you won 50
1: <laughs> games with James Harden
3: and everybody else? Not in this abbreviated season, but maybe percentage-wise. Well, yeah, no, no, not a, fifty out of seventy. Yeah,
1: yeah, but I, I mean, he's he's yeah. I mean, he, he didn't. He's had some. I mean, he wins fifty games every year in Houston, right? And he's had some years where he didn't have much talent.
0: Well, he wouldn't have much talent here either, so that would work out well. Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna get off the podcast with this. i what one last question, short answers only. <sighs> this season is still relatively young. And, uh, you know, we'll, we don't know when the Wizards are going to get back. What year will the Wizards next make the playoffs? So this is 2021. You can say that year, 22, 23, hmm. or whatever you think. Does the play-in tournament count as making the playoffs? Liddell, you're the attorney. Of, yeah. You're the official attorney. Not of the, the – no, no, no. Podcast.
2: Making the 7-10 to 10 tournament doesn't count, but winning the, you know, 7 winning or 8 the tournament okay. within the tournament would count, yeah. The uh, –
1: I say, exactly. yes. yeah, I say yes. I say yes. I mean, I, the Eastern Conference is better at the top. But keep in mind, like you get in with a losing record is the eighth seed. So you think they're making the playoffs this year? You Wait, say yeah, the this playoffs. year? Yeah, I still think they make the playoffs this year. Because
2: <laughs> okay. Ben is asking at what point, any time in the future, they could possibly make it, and you're you're saying yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this year. You're saying and, now. You're saying
1: part part of it is this, right. and, and I, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but Thomas Bryant, really good offensive player, but the end of the day, he's anchored two of the worst defenses of all time the last two years. And if you just improve your defense a little bit with Robin Lopez and Mo Wagner instead of him, you have you have offense to spare. Mm -hmm. They don't need they could they could score five fewer points a game as long as they get a little bit better defensively. They'll make the playoffs. All right. My problem is. Okay, Neil, go ahead. What,
0: what, what do you got? When what are they making the playoffs?
3: I was. My problem is, I don't think they're even going to get the seven to eight in the plan tournament, which means even if they get the nine or ten, they would have to win two straight games against the team. So I don't think they're making it this year. And then I think they have to trade Beal. So then I don't think they're making it the year after. So I'll say twenty twenty three. All right,
2: Liddell. Uh, I'm just. I'm just looking up real quick the. Uh standings to make sure i'm not going insane here because i don't know what you guys are talking about back for, forget a few games back look who's ahead of them i mean you're talking
3: cleveland a,
2: a, few, a few games back only the raptors and pistons are worse than them uh i don't think they're making the playoffs for i mean i, I, I don't i think their ceiling is the eighth seed the ceiling would be the eighth-best team in the league. I mean, i, I put them behind the, the, the big seven, if you will, in the East, and then the Hawks are better than them, and then just, you know, i take the Hornets, the, the, the Knicks are doing better, then you got the Heat are at 11 right now. You guys are insane. They're not making the playoffs until uh, – how could they make the playoffs? Um, I, I'd give them maybe, maybe three to four years to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I,
0: don't, I of, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think Liddell's wrong. I'm gonna uh, this is this hypothetically but I'm gonna say that the clean house at the end of the year, Messiah Jiri comes in. I was making that up. Messiah Jiri comes in and he 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 I will I'll go with Neil that next year is still something of a wash. Uh 2023 would be the earliest I can think I see them making the playoffs. Again, if you tell me Westbrook comes back in a week. And he's back to the Westbrook a year ago. Well, things could get interesting, but I I, I don't know. And even if he is, you know, there's still other questions. So yeah, I'll go 2023. I'm sorry to depress anybody. uh, But, uh, you know, like I said, I don't know where they're at right now, even if they're all killing it anyway. Um, All right. In any event, I'm glad to see everybody. Glad everybody's still in one piece. Everybody's made it through the podcast relatively sober. I appreciate that um uh, i'm gonna uh, before we get out of here so uh everybody's gotta tell everybody where they can find you on uh twitter or where, where, where they can read your stuff chase you are uh the uh, the, the the celebrity of the group where uh, where can people <laughs> find you on uh in,
1: in places neil is the celebrity of the group he's big in israel um yeah it's uh, crazy that neil's bigger in israel than me or Liddell. what the hell <laughs> uh at chase use NBCS on twitter so find me there
3: yeah you can uh Find me uh, at neildelal96, but also make sure you go follow the new uh, Hoop District account, hoop underscore district.
0: Is it new from like, how new is it?
3: Well, because our freaking Twitter got suspended over a music <laughs> video, over a Mystics <laughs> highlight oh, video. Oh, that was a while ago.
0: We, that, I thought that, that was yeah, resolved.
2: That
3: right. was March. Oh, it got okay. suspended and then it got suspended again and then we just never got it back. Oh my God.
2: But uh, you, got, you got suspended again for a Mystics highlight video?
3: Right, literally the background
0: music <laughs> in a Mystic highlight video—the biggest of tragics. Um, I know Liddell doesn't want anybody to follow him, so I'm not even going to ask him to tell anybody where, where he is. But you know, if you look up Liddell's place on Twitter, you figure out how to do that. You you can find uh, you can find Liddell. Um, all right, guys, I appreciate it. It's great seeing everybody. Uh, be safe out there, and uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, don't you know, don't don't get hurt. It feels like that needs to be said. From, like, since you guys cover, or pay attention to the Wizards. Like, the, it, something's always going on with this team. So, you know, try, try to avoid getting hit, injured. See so, ya. Yeah. All right. Many thanks to Chase Hughes, Neil DeLal, Adam Rubin for hanging out with me on this Thursday night. Yes, I finally figured out the day of the week. Uh, many thanks to you guys for listening, especially this deep into the podcast. Always appreciate it. Uh, what is that? Three podcasts this week. Uh, back with uh, more next week for sure. Obviously, the Washington... General manager situation will be, uh, I won't definitively say concluded, but it feels like we're, we're we're getting some momentum now. We'll see. We will see what happens with that. But excited to uh, see what goes on there. We got plenty to talk about with that off season, and you know I'll certainly keep tab on the Wizards, and we'll see what other sports we can sprinkle in. The, the Washington Capitals just got going. Uh, the Georgetown Hoyas are on pause as well. But you know there's there's things to discuss. By the way, I should say if you guys have anything. You know, I'm open to hitting up kind of any topic that I think I can offer something on. So if you've got something, you as a guest you want to hear, let me know uh, at Ben Standing on Twitter or at com. But that's it for now. Ben Standing signing off. Really appreciate you guys. Talk soon. And until next time, see ya.